is Histories and Mysteries. I'm Ashley. And I'm Jessica. And Merry Christmas! And happy all the other holidays. Um, Jessica and I just celebrate Christmas, so we're really excited about it. But happy all the other holidays, too. Yeah, we hope you guys have a wonderful Christmas season. We are going to be off for a couple of weeks, um, obviously due to Christmas and my daughter's birthday is New Year's Eve, so we're just going to take a little break. We haven't yeah. really had a break in three years. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so we're going to take the 25th and the 1st off, and we will be back the 8th. Yeah, we look forward to bringing you all the best stories. Yeah. And tonight, since this is technically our Christmas episode, um, we found out that kind of a tradition that fell off was that um for centuries families would sit around and tell each other spooky stories in the holiday season and we thought that that would be really fun so we found this um site called scaryforkids.com and they have some christmas stories and we thought we would share a couple with you guys for this christmas season yeah yeah. So we're just going to go back and forth. Um, the first one I'm going to read is called Christmas Tree Decorations. Oh, okay. Okay. It was Christmas Eve and an 11-year-old French girl named Juliette was decorating the Christmas tree. Her mother was working as a nurse at the local hospital and the two of them lived alone in a small apartment in the suburbs of Paris. They're fancy. Ooh, uh, so fancy. So fancy. Late that evening, Juliet's mother called to say she would not be home until late that night. Juliet continued to decorate the tree with all the lovely things her mother had bought at the shop. She draped some multicolored Christmas lights around the tree and hung beautiful ornaments on the branches. After placing the angel on top of the Christmas tree, she finally finished and sat down to relax and watch TV. Even though she was all alone in the sixth floor apartment, Juliet felt safe as she gazed out across the lights of the Parisian skyline. From her window, she could see the Eiffel Tower and the Champs de Mars. Is that how you say it? Uh, I would say Champs de Mars. Okay, Champs de Mars. Most of the other tenants in the building had gone home to spend Christmas Eve with their relatives in the countryside. The apartment building was almost deserted. Juliet was growing bored, waiting for her mother to return. Suddenly, she thought she heard a scratching noise at the front door. She turned down the television and listened carefully. There was an eerie silence. Curious, she slowly approached the door and looked through the people. To her surprise, she saw a man standing outside. Ew! Dressed in a red suit with fluffy white trim. He was large and fat with a dirty gray beard and wore a red hat on his head. He knocked at the door loudly. Nervous and concerned, she asked the door, who's there? It's She asked the door? She asked through the door. <laughs> through it. <laughs> who's there? It's Santa Claus, the man replied. Let me in. I'm cold and I'm tired and I'm hungry. <laughs> At this, <laughs> a chill went down Juliet's spine. She was no dummy. She knew that whoever this creepy man was, he was not Santa Claus. My mother isn't home right now, she said, her voice shaking. Please leave. 
Peering through the peephole, Juliet watched as the man's eyes filled with anger and his face twisted into a grimace of hate. He began knocking at the door even harder and rattling the doorknob. It's Santa Claus, Juliet, he growled. Have you <gasps> laid out some milk and cookies for me, Juliet? Ew! You know how much Santa loves his milk and cookies. The young girl had a sinking feeling in the pit of her stomach. How did he know her name? Then the man began kicking and pounding the door. She peeked out again and saw him reach into his coat pocket and pull out a switchblade. He shoved the knife into the keyhole and tried to pry it open. Juliet was terrified. She didn't know what to do. If you don't go away, I'll call the police, she shouted. All of a sudden, the knocking stopped. Juliet stood perfectly still, afraid to move. Minutes passed as she started to think that the man might have been scared away by her threat. She slowly approached the door and looked through the people to see if the man was really gone. And the hallway seemed to be empty. <laughs> Suddenly, she saw the man running down the hallway with an axe <gasps> in his hand. <gasps> Juliet screamed and ran to the closet in a panic. She crouched down and hid behind the coats as tears of fright rolled down her cheeks. She heard boom, boom, boom. As the man tried to smash down her front door, there was a mighty crack as the door gave way and the man came crashing through the splintered wood. Laughing to himself, he called out, Juliet, my pretty, where are you, Juliet? Don't be afraid. We'll have ourselves some fun tonight. Where are you hiding? The crazed intruder walked around the house searching for the frightened girl. Juliet curled up inside the closet, trembling with fear. She dreaded to think what he planned to do to her. Suddenly, the handle of the closet moved up and down. Then the door began shaking, and she heard the man's voice laughing. Juliet, I know you're in there, he said. Open up for Santa. Open up before I open you up. <laughs> the man swung his axe and struck the closet door with a huge bang, tearing into the flimsy wood. Juliet screamed and began crying bitterly. She grabbed a wire coat hanger and twisted it into a point. She waited. Her eyes wide and her hands were trembling. There was another loud crash, and the closet doors gave way in a hail of splinters. The horrible man tore the doors off their hinges and thrust his head in between the coats. He was laughing and drooling like a madman as his huge, gnarled hands grabbed at the horrified girl. Juliet held up the pointed end of the hanger and bravely thrust it into the man's face. It went straight into his eye. He recoiled in pain, screaming in rage as blood flowed down his cheek. He ripped the wire out of his eye socket and grabbed Juliet by the hair. Then he dragged her kicking and screaming out of the closet. The man pushed her to the ground and held her tightly by the neck, leaning over her. Blood spilled out of his eye, splattering all over her face. His mouth twisted into a grotesque smile, and he whispered in her ear, Tonight you will be privileged, my lovely Juliet. I've got a list and I've checked it twice. I'm here to set to decide if you've been naughty or nice. You can scream and scream and beg for your life, but naughty girls get the axe and nice girls get the knife. Options <laughs> either way. It was after midnight when Juliet's mother returned home. She saw the front door hacked to pieces and rushed inside to look for her daughter. Gazing around at the carnage, her eyes struggled to take it all in. Then she began screaming in absolute horror. The Christmas tree was decorated with Juliet's entrails and her Ooh. severed head was perched on the top. Ah! I don't like this story. The end. 
That was awful. <laughs> I did not anticipate that going where it went. <laughs> that was awful. Oh my god. We we are guilty we did not proofread these beforehand. <laughs> it was it's called scary for kids. <laughs> Sorry, everyone. We'll put a trigger warning at the beginning of that one. That was real bad. It's hilarious. Oh, my God. Okay. Well, mine is called Sock Puppet. Okay. Let's hope that one's better. (laughs) Many years ago in Ireland, there was a wealthy man who lived in a small village. He owned every single plot of land surrounding the village and rented them out to poor farmers at a tidy profit. The man lived in the biggest house in the village with his lovely wife, his two strong sons, and his small, sickly daughter. He was kind to all of the children and treated his wife like a queen. However, in business, he was ruthless and cunning. He made a lot of money by charging the villagers high rents and treated all of his tenants as if they were slaves. Oh. If any one of them was behind with their rent, he would throw them out of their houses without a moment's notice. Bad guy. (laughs) The villagers hated the rich man and despised his cruel and miserly way. He often threw lavish parties, inviting only his friends and family and living like a king while the poor villagers had to scrimp and save just to keep their bellies full. All they could afford was a meager diet of bread and potatoes, which like same. (laughs) (laughs) One year, there was a potato blight, obviously Ireland, and all of the crops were affected. As winter set in, the villagers were starving to death. The rich man paid no attention to the troubles of his tenants and responded by raising the rents because he's a fucking dick. And then, as if it wasn't enough, he threw a Christmas party for his friends and family where they enjoyed an enormous feast and drank sarcastic toasts. Oh, and drank, yeah, sarcastic toasts to the plight of the starving tenants. Like, that's awful. What a horrible man. That night, one villager arrived at the door bearing a gift. He said it was a Christmas present for the rich man's daughter. Uh The girl opened the present and found a sock puppet inside. The villager said he had knitted himself and asked if he might have some food. In return, the man handed the villager one single solitary potato and sent him on his way. Rude. Although it was a hideous old rag, the daughter seemed to love the sock puppet. She named it Charlie and put it on her (laughs) hand, showing it to everyone at the party. Cute. That night, after the party was over, the father was going to bed. He paused at his daughter's bedroom door and looked in on her. She was fast asleep. Just as he was about to leave, something disturbed him. The sock puppet was still on her hand, and its plastic eyes seemed to be staring straight at him. He ignored it and walked out, thinking he was just imagining things. That night, as the rich landlord and his wife slept in their chamber, they heard a knock at the door. It was their daughter. Mama, Papa, Charlie says he needs to speak with you, she said. They saw their daughter walk in, 
blood dripping from one hand and the sock puppet on the other, staring at them both. <gasps> Charlie already spoke with Jacob and Michael, said the daughter, moving the sock puppet's mouth as if it was speaking. Ugh. Now he must speak with you. And Jacob and Michael were her brothers. For weeks, the rich man's house lay eerily silent. The villagers saw no candles in the windows and no smoke from the chimney. Eventually, they decided to check on the family, and what they discovered shocked them to their very core. In the living room sat the two brothers. Both strong men had had their heads twisted off and (gasps) placed on their hands as if the heads were puppets. Oh, my God. The same had happened to the parents who were found dead and decaying in their beds. The most disturbing sight of all was the little girl. She was sitting in the corner of the bedroom, her severed head balanced upon one hand, smiling sweetly with her eyes wide open. On the other hand was a sock puppet. Due to the rigor mortis, her arms were sticking out, and it seemed seemed as if the two hands were speaking to each other. Just recently, a family moved into the house. They moved to the country because the family doctor said it might help their sick daughter recover from her illness. Oh, no. Everything was fine until one night when the mother heard the daughter calling out to her. Before the mother opened the door, she heard her daughter talking. She picked peeked in and the girl was fast asleep what did she need honey asked the father when his wife returned the mother paused before speaking i have no idea she said the poor little thing must have been talking in her sleep do you know where she got that awful sock puppet (gasps) she was wearing it on her hand and it almost seemed like it was staring straight at me it was staring straight at you run yeah and that's my sock puppet story i hate that (laughs) Was that terrible? These are awful. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Uh, Hit me with one more. (sighs) Okay. This is called Purple Fingernails. Okay. There once was a little girl who had a large collection of dolls. One Christmas, she saw a doll in the window of a department store that she absolutely had to have. This is already bad news. <laughs> it had long flowing blonde hair and a lovely blue dress. But the thing that impressed her the most about the doll was that it had lovely, bold, purple fingernails. I thought you were going to say that she had long flowing purple fingernails oh, instead no. of bold. blonde hair. <laughs> and I was going to be real grossed out for a moment. <laughs> When Christmas morning came, she was delighted to find the doll with the purple fingernails lying under the Christmas tree. She played with it all day, and when she went to sleep, she put it at the table by her bedside. That night, the little girl was awakened by strange noises. Of course she fucking was. She has a bunch (laughs) of creepy dolls in her house. What does she expect? (laughs) It was still dark outside. She looked over for her doll, but it was nowhere to be found. No shit, little girl. The girl, puzzled, got out of bed and walked into the hallway. The door to her parents' room was ajar, and she pushed it open, and she pushed it open softly and looked in. Her parents appeared to be sleeping soundly, so she went back to bed. 
In the morning, she saw the doll with the purple fingernails was sitting on the table by her bed, exactly where she had left it. She assumed that she had just been having a bad dream. But when she went to her parents' room that morning, she found them both lying dead in a pool of blood. There were two purple doll fingernails stabbed <gasps> into their hearts. Ew. The end. Oh. The end. The end. That was so sure. Yeah, that was a sure one. Oh, my God. Okay. Oh, I don't want to do this one. What is it? Which one is it? Clown puppet. Oh. I hate clowns. Let's do it. Let's do it. There is a married couple who had three daughters. The oldest was 15, the middle one was 12, and the youngest was seven years old. For Christmas, the oldest daughter asked for a laptop, the middle daughter asked for an iPad, and the youngest daughter asked for a small doll. All the dolls. All the dolls. On Christmas Day, they all unwrapped their presents beneath the Christmas tree. The oldest and the middle daughter received what they had asked for, but the youngest daughter was surprised to receive a clown puppet. That is not a small doll. No. However, the clown puppet was so cute that she decided to keep it. And two days later, the youngest daughter disappeared. The next Christmas, the oldest daughter asked for an iPad and the middle daughter asked for a clown puppet in memory of her sister. Idiot. Two days later, the middle daughter disappeared. The next Christmas, the last remaining daughter asked for a clown puppet in memory of her younger sisters. Idiot. Two days later, she too disappeared. The parents became very poor and were forced to sell their furniture for money. One day, they went into the attic looking for something else they could sell. There, in a dark recess, they saw the clown puppet. It was sitting on a throne made from lollipop sticks. Arranged all around it were the... (laughs) What was arranged all around it, Jessica? (laughs) Were the severed heads of the three missing girls. No. These are supposed to be stories for kids. <laughs> Don't like this. Oh my gosh. Read me another one. So this one's a funny one. It's called Email Santa. Okay. It says, How do you email Santa Claus? This letter to Santa was written by a young girl named Makita who lives in the UK. Her mother found it on her computer, and when she read it, she forwarded it to the local newspaper. Soon, magazines and newspapers across the world were reprinting the letter and claiming that the girl had taken a timeless Christmas tradition for kids and brought it to a scary, creepy, and disturbing new level. (laughs) And before I read the letter, I'm looking to see if this is true. Nothing is coming up for this, so I think this is just a story. Okay. Okay. (laughs) Dear Santa, this Christmas, I don't ask for much. So if I don't get at least two of the things I want, I will literally kill you. Do you understand? (laughs) Oh, also, I will hunt down your reindeers, cook them, and serve their meat to homeless people on Christmas Day. (laughs) Nobody wants that. So here's what I want. One, a Blackberry. 
Two, Austin Mahone or Justin Bieber, the real ones. Three, money. Four, Laura knitted 33 jumper. Five, high top converse. Remember, two of these or you die. Love from Makita Janelle Austin, XOXO. Afterwards, the young girl was interviewed and she said, I was angry because I thought I wasn't going to get all the presents I wanted this year. Even though my mom found the note, I still think I will get most of these things I want. I don't see any problem with the email. I want all of these things and I don't see why I shouldn't get them. You're a spoiled bitch. Yeah. <laughs> uh, was that it? Yeah, that was it. Ah, oh, what a spoiled little butthole. <laughs> Okay. This one is called Black Peter. Oh. He is a demonic dwarf from the folklore of Belgium and the Netherlands. He appears each Christmas as the evil helper of Santa Claus to punish children for their bad behavior. I feel like, didn't you do him or I did him for last Christmas when we did all the creepy Christmas people? Maybe. I feel like this sounds from. Keep going. I, it just sounds familiar. No, and honestly, like, oh my god, he throws them into a sack full of rats. Mm, keep reading it. All right. Black Peter lives in a coal mine in Spain. His skin is black because of the soot and coal dust from the mine. You totally did this. Did I? I think so. Yeah, keep going. Okay. It's been a year. Okay. <laughs> His hair is singed by the fire from all the chimneys he has to climb down. He spends the year spying on the children of Belgium and Holland, taking note of who has been good and who has been wicked. On Christmas Eve, he sets out from his coal mine, squeezing himself through the narrow tunnels and riding off on his coal cart, which is pulled by plague-ridden undead rams. Cheapers. <laughs> Every Christmas, Black Peter is forced to accompany Santa's bad ones. Children who misbehave do not receive any presents from Santa. Instead, Black Peter will leave a bundle of twigs or a lump of coal in their Christmas stocking as a warning. Ooh. If the children have been really bad or have not heeded his warning, Black Peter will snatch them from their beds and throw them into his sack, which is full of hungry rats. Ooh. He kidnaps the boys and girls and takes them back to his coal mine, where he chains them up and makes them his slaves. The poor children are forced to dig coal forever, while Black Peter amuses himself by poking them with sharp pins. And if they grow too sick or tired to work, Black Peter will eat them. Oh, my goodness. He's my guy. Uh, and that's the story. Well, on those horrible notes, I have a two. Oh, uh, wait. Uh, wait, wait, wait. Okay. So apparently Black Peter in actual Belgian Dutch folklore, because I'm pretty sure that these were like edited for a book. Mm-hmm. Um. Apparently, he's a normal person who has black skin because he cries. He also doesn't force kids to work in the mines. He either hits them with a stick or makes them black peats. There also isn't just one black peach, but hundreds of them who are like Santa's elves to Sinterklaas. Oh. Yeah. So that was from the actual story. Cool. Well, I have two holiday time jokes. Okay. Uh, One is... 
What do snowmen order at a fast food restaurant? Blizzards. Oh, that's a good one. So this answer <laughs> is an ice burger and fries. Okay. Cute. What do snowmen do when they're not feeling well? What do snowmen do when they're not feeling well? Hmm. They go for a polar bear dip. I don't know. They take a chill pill. Oh. <laughs> Cute. I like that. Nice. Well, we hope that you guys have a wonderful holiday season. And like we said, we'll be back the 8th. Um, and you can find us between then if you need like more of us. You're just like, oh, man, I need I need more of them. You can find us on Instagram, uh, Facebook, and YouTube. Yeah, and if you would like to rate and review us, which we would really like you to do, so hint, hint, uh, you can do so on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Yeah, we look forward to bringing you two new stories in three weeks. Bye. Bye.